Hello. Welcome. We are the intern ministers at Community Church of New York in Manhattan. We are Unitarian Universalists in the process of becoming ordained clergy. In this podcast, we delve into the life of an intern minister. We explore the ways our lives and internships intersect and how this is ministerial formation. I'm Megan Henry. I'm Carrie McAvoy. And we're, and we're revving, revving up. up. <laughs> Hello, friends. Welcome to Revving Up. We're happy to be back again for another episode of our uh, video ministry podcast. And uh, today we are thinking a lot about um, some responses that we got from the survey that we originally put out around um, what people would like to hear from intern UU ministers. And when I say UU, um, I'll just say the whole long name uh, one time, and then we'll probably just say UU um, for the rest of the show, but Unitarian Universalist interns. And um, Carrie and I are serving at Community Church in here in New York City, and we've been um, responding to the the survey question around what does it what does it feel like? What does it mean? What does it look like to be an intern minister during COVID? How um, certainly we haven't been intern ministers not during COVID, so we don't really know how it's different. But we can kind of like guess at some of the ways that it's quite different. Some of the really obvious ways, especially, um, and we are, we've talked some about this as we've um, gone along in other episodes, just some of the logistical things around, you know, worship online and on Zoom instead of um, in person and how that's uh, different and what is it uh, like to have ministerial presence when things are, you know, happening on Zoom through a video or just over the phone. And uh, certainly that presents some interesting challenges for us, wouldn't you say, Carrie? <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, ministering through Zoom is is pretty interesting. Um, certainly, uh, there have been moments where I have been able to connect very deeply with other people through Zoom, um, and uh, and often, sometimes it just feels like a barrier. This um, the way that the, the conversation can't flow in the same way as uh, it would if we were in person, uh, the value of being able to see people's body movements or gestures, um, all of that is uh, much easier in person and just being able to read the whole room. So there's, there's certainly aspects of the Zoom world that have made it more difficult for me to uh, figure out how to minister effectively um, and at the same time that I know that there are a lot of people who, um, are really enjoying the opportunity to just plug in from their homes. Uh, it allows them to kind of balance their church life and their work life a little better. Um, so there's been that aspect as well. And certainly, um, I certainly feel that learning to intern minister with Zoom in a pandemic is much better than it would be without Zoom. <laughs> <in this laughs> so Good point. I'm very 
grateful for the tool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, definitely grateful for the tool of having Zoom. Um, I was thinking about what it's, you know, one of the things that we have faced coming in as intern ministers during a pandemic is that we didn't, the pandemic didn't start while we were interning and it had already started. It was already happening. And here in New York City, the majority of the real um, devastating uh, death toll happened last spring. So with us coming in in the fall, um, I feel like there's, um, in some ways it's unspoken because I just think that it's hard for people to talk about it, but I feel, I think that there's just so much, um, sadness and there's a lot of, um, healing to be done. And also, um, feels like there's a bit of spiritual malaise that is present Part of it is because people are getting so tired of having to worship um, on Zoom or, you know, it, remotely online mm -hmm. and not being able to lend our voices to a choir of other voices singing all around us and have the, um, the feeling of joy and release and comfort that happens when we're in a room together and singing together and praying together. Mm -hmm. um, murmuring and shifting in our seats and all of those things that happen when we're together. Uh, so there is a, a mourning happening around that loss, that more than a year of, you know, lost of being together um, that is mixed in with the mourning of the loss of life, the uh, mourning of like so many things and the recognition of the way in which the pandemic has unveiled such inequity in our world, in our lives, in our city, um, in our country, and, and, and certainly recognizing the ways in which some of, some of us, maybe I'll speak for myself, at times can feel very helpless. I can feel very helpless sometimes when I look around and I see really horrible things happening around us and, and not feeling that I know really what, what to do. Um, and so I think that we are, we came in as interns to a community that's feeling many of those things. Yeah, you mentioned mourning. And um, I know from personal experience, the importance of collective mourning like there is something uh, that ritualization, that being together and processing the grief together. I, um, I think about people who have lost loved ones during this time where in-person gatherings have been very difficult. And I know for myself how important it was to gather with other people in that space of loss. And also just um, the opportunity to really mourn together about the, the world that we have lost um, with the pandemic, this, this way that we thought the world was, um, is no longer and will never be again. And also it's, it, like you said, Megan, it's exposed a lot of what we didn't think was there and is very much there. Um, in New York City, I've seen a lot of 
um, suffering from homelessness and so forth. And I'm in Oregon right now, and it's there's people camping out in tents under every um, overpass, and you know, it's it's a, it's dire. It's really dire, and that that sense of helplessness, that sense of constant anxiety, just whenever I leave the house, I'm wondering, you know, is it safe? Where is it safe to go here? Is it safe to go there? So just all of this anxiety and unknowing. And, and so um, what I've really tried to do in my ministry, as I learned to minister in a pandemic is lead with the pastoral approach um, with a special care towards fostering connection in any Zoom um, area that I'm in. It's like check-ins are super important. Mm-hmm. Moments of silence are really important. Um, lifting up that this is a really, really difficult time, and we haven't, none of us have gone through it before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I find that being intentional about having um, an opening reading for uh, online meetings is really helpful. Um, just reminding everyone that we're coming together in this space for, um, with intention to be together in spiritual community, even if it's a meeting, right? It's not a meeting of, oh gosh, now I'm not going to think of something that it could be. Um, but I mean, because everything matters right now. Anyway, I was going to say, it's not a meeting of, you know, your book club, but like it is like the book club is spiritual too, right? Like everything is now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, um, planning meetings, organizational meetings, staff meetings, um, committee meetings, board meetings, all of these meetings, um, and even just simple like touch base and check-in time, having uh, a grounding opening reading and a deep breath and a little bit of quiet time, some space, some meditation, sometimes even an extemporaneous prayer, um, leading something like that in a, in like in our internship committee meeting or something like that can, it, it, it's interesting as like learning to be a minister and being in this, this, uh, learning space because we come into it as interns, at least I can speak for myself saying I came into it thinking to myself, this is the only time that I am going to be in this community as a, an intern minister who is here to learn. And the community sees me that way. I see me that way. And it's such a special, it's such a special gift to be able to have this time with people. And so yeah, it's COVID and there's a pandemic. So how do we as intern ministers then explore with making the, the special connections and giving people spiritual grounding and time to process what's going on, um, working with that, thinking about that and keeping that in mind, even when you know we're attending meetings, I think is, is one way to be an intern in this pandemic time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really going to miss being able to say, hey, I'm just working on this class project. Can you help? Because <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's like, um, that's the entry. Everyone's like, oh, sure, I'll help you. I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because uh, for some reason, all three of the classes I took this last semester are, were really overlapping. And all of them talked about emergent strategy. Uh, which is um, 
I, I think it's Adrian Marie Brown who is um, really opening up this dialogue. I don't think that she uh, invented it. Um, I think it's Grace Lee Boggs and many who have come before her, but it's, it's a really interesting, a different way of looking at the world. And um, it comes from this example of a flock of birds flying together if you've seen seen the birds where they just kind of swoop around and go in hoops and they they you can see the light as they fly in different directions and and just um this concept of shared leadership or um distributed leadership where everyone where you're um the premise is that each of the birds is paying attention to their closest neighbors and trusts that what they do is going to be, um, is not going to harm them. So when their neighbors move, they move. And somehow this process leads the whole flock without this hierarchical leadership that we're, that we're used to. And that, um, let's face it, has been very prevalent in our congregations. How do we how do we shift to this emergent strategy model um, as a way of responding to change? And um, I remember one of my first classes at Meadville, they, uh, I heard about this, um, where systems break down is an opportunity. So I, I really try to keep that in mind. So how do we see this unveiling of um, more deeper levels of social justice inequities and um, where the ways that we were before are no longer, we're no longer able to do. How do we see this as an opportunity? And I think as students, um, we're also in a unique position to kind of really learn about that. For sure, yeah, I love that, Carrie, that the, um, I'll just say as an aside, so, that is called a murmuration when birds do that. And starlings are famous for their amazing, massive flock uh, murmurations. And um, I just love that because my daughter's name is Starling. <laughs> um, so being an intern minister during COVID and learning what it means to be to look for the opportunities where systems are breaking down, like you were just saying, um, I think is a really, it's, it's taking me into something else that we had talked about um, earlier around um, embracing change as a positive thing, learning to be adaptive as a leader. Um, so responding to the things, the birds around me, <laughs> I'm adapting. Um, to those changes and, and trading up, um, hmm, tra trading up who is leading what and when, uh, and recognizing that we can't all do it alone. Um, it's something that's bit, I feel like has become a lot more clear to me during COVID because if I, I just can't imagine carrying the weight of all of this, of a whole, of a whole congregation, of a whole community, of a whole church, on the shoulders of one minister who's leading them. Um, just like we need people there on Sunday morning to turn on the coffee pot, to move the chairs into place, to make sure the hymnals 
are out um, to get the orders of service ready. You know, just like we need all of those people, we need those people to come together to provide online community as well and to keep everything going. It's not about just one person who delivers a sermon. Um, that is one of my really big learnings um, around being well, like what it means to be a minister is that um, I think I had been a little bit sold a lie for a really long time that that like that ministers are like on this pedestal that they're you know they have to be so perfect all the time that they are perfect all the time that they are you know they're in, in control they're doing everything they you know and so then if something breaks down in the system like if, there's no way to catch it. There's no way to adapt. There's no way to hold. And I think that one of the things that I've really learned is the importance of um, shared leadership, shared community, um, and in that being able to adapt to changes when they happen, because it's not all just riding on the shoulders of one person, because we're all in it together. And it's a spiritual, it's spiritual growth to grow in one's leadership as well. One of the things that I've really loved about my experience in my home congregation is that I was allowed to grow. I was allowed to take on new roles and, and learn what spiritual leadership looked like. And that's partly propelled me into the path to ministry. Um, another thing about adaptive leadership that I'm learning right now, and, and as students, we're perfectly, uh, um, position to leverage this it's you try a bunch of in the in the midst of change you try a bunch of different things because there's no way to know what what's going to work what's going to stick what isn't so you just try a bunch of stuff so um community church for example they um we quickly moved the services online and then we tried a bunch of different programs during the week so that people could be connected in different ways and spiritual ways and um, just talking about stuff and artistic expression, um, all of these things. So um, that's one, I think that's one of the opportunities of um, this time where we don't know what's, what's gonna happen. So let's just, let's just try a bunch of stuff. Totally, yeah. And see what, what sticks, see what works. And you know, probably there, you know, we know that once we start coming back and worshiping in person again, there are, it will be different and things will, the whole, things will have changed. We're not just going to go back to the way things were before. I, now so many people know how to use Zoom now. So many people know how to um, use Google Meets or, you know, whatever the tools are so that we can potentially include uh, people more regularly in uh, church throughout the week without people feeling like they can't do it because they can't go to the building. You know, um, there might be a committee that, ha that would really benefit, every committee in the congregation would really benefit from having parents with young children on those committees, right? But parents with, with kids in school, they can't come to like the church on a Wednesday evening for a meeting at seven for a committee meeting. But if the committee is meeting on Zoom, that becomes, it opens up more space. It means that more people can attend these things and be involved and become the leaders and participants as opposed to 
potentially just feeling like a consumer who shows up on Sunday morning and has something provided for them, right? So it, there is also the potential for these learnings and the growth that has happened during COVID to bring people into a more um, collaborative approach, but also feeling more ownership of the, the community. Absolutely. And feeling more valued. And when we go back to worshiping in the sanctuary in person, I bet there's going to still be an online version of that happening in some way, right? So we're going to be recording the services and sending it onto, you know, YouTube or Zoom or whatever it's going to be so that people who can't come in, do you like how I said that sending it to this is this is what I think of like is the world it's like well we're we're sending the recording I don't know what I'm saying but I think you know what I mean um it'll be streamed or something so I and there are like tech like the now we also see the value of people who have these technical skills too who can do that kind of work and make our worship services accessible to people who can't come in in person. So I think we'll have some challenges around, well, just because we can make it accessible to people who can't come in person for whatever reason, um, does that mean then we uh, end up with two classes of people? There's the people who come in person and then there's the people who are online and that could create a division, it could create silos. So that'll be a challenge for us um, to think about from the very beginning how to keep those um, silos from forming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of this is a lot. And one, one of the, um, one of the ways that we as uh, intern humans in this world and ministers um, are able to hold all of these many, many things is um, really through intentionally um, doing what we need to do to care for ourselves, taking time and space for ourselves, figuring out what it is that will nurture us and keep us um, whole and grounded and able to hold all of the mourning and the healing and the hurt to hold the um, uncertainty uh, to hold the learning that's happening around being in so much change and um, always being, a, you know, in that adaptive changing space of thinking about like, well, how can change instead of change being a bad thing or change being hard, how can change be a positive? Like what, so that's a lot for us to be holding. And we encourage our um, parishioners to take care of themselves, to pray, to have a spiritual practice, um, you know, come to Sunday morning and be, you know, with us in the spiritual space. So what, so then we often need to be really intentional about reminding ourselves and each other to take care of ourselves, to do things, to keep ourselves grounded and in a spiritual space so that we can hold all of that. And I think that um, that is a whole nother big topic, which, um, what do you think? Should we talk about that next week? Absolutely. I think that's super important to do that and, and just envision, um, a leadership model model that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I want that vision. <laughs> yes. So this has been fun to talk about this and, uh, we thank you for being with us today. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Uh, if you go to our YouTube channel, you'll see the link and join our conversation. 
please email us at podcast at ccny.org. If you have any comments, questions, this is a, this is a conversation. And we are looking forward to you all being with us on May 27th in the evening for our live event. Yay! And more details next time. Um, in the meantime, be well, and uh, we will talk with you soon. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.